The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brown with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. According to Gartner, only 6% of chief sales officers are extremely confident about their team's ability to meet or exceed revenue goals. This lack of confidence has a ripple effect throughout an organization, especially between the rev ops and sales teams who each believe they hold the best strategy to meet quota. Because of this, rev ops and sales teams often interact like vinegar and oil. They don't mix well and they struggle to see eye to eye. How can we repair this relationship and encourage collaboration between the two departments? Today, we're going to talk about strengthening and in some cases repairing the relationship between RevOps and sales teams to drive revenue and re-energize sales teams. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Exactly's Bailey Fessler, Director of RevOps, and Annie Jones, RevOps Business Partner. Bailey and Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Hi. Yeah, looking forward to um, to talking with you both about this. So why don't we why don't we get started with each of you giving a little background on yourselves and then a little bit of background on what Exactly does. Sure, I'm Bailey Fessler. I'm the director of RevOps here at Exactly. I've got about ten years of experience in rev and sales ops. Um, I started my career at Marketo and stayed through their journey onto Adobe, and it all have hit a year at Exactly in September. And here I look after our quote to cash teams, the business partner organization, as well as sales comp and strategy tied to all that. Yeah, my name is Annie Jones. I'm the revenue operations business partner here at Exactly, which means I help, I pretty much partner with our sales leader on a very wide range of things, but primarily I'm just focused on making sure that the business runs efficiently and smoothly. I have about five years of revenue operations experience. I joined Bailey at exactly about, well, I guess seven years ago now. And prior to that, I actually worked in public health. So yeah, exactly is the leader in intelligent revenue solutions. Exactly it's comprehensive intelligent revenue platform, leverages a data-driven approach and providing timely insights across the entire sales performance management value chain. So we help support sales planning to execution, 
compensation, forecasting, and we optimize across all parts of that cycle. Great, great. Well, glad to uh, glad to hear both of your backgrounds. And so let's let's get started and talk about a few ways to strengthen that relationship between RevOps and sales that I mentioned at the at the top of the show, and and to strengthen it to the benefit of all as well as the business itself. So let's start with the the go to market strategy. Uh, many organizations have a fractured approach where sales, marketing, customer service, customer success are all kind of moving at their at their own paces. What kind of challenges does this bring to organizations? Sure. I mean, this is definitely something I've seen in my experience in RevOps, but I think, you know, when you think about the organization, all of these things really work together if you zoom out and look at the sales process overall, but so often like you said, they're really siloed and focused on their own agenda and their own goals. And that can create a really fractured system where, you know, you may have a lot of success in one part of the business, but you don't elsewhere. And unless you're all working together to solve that, it doesn't really work. So I think we see all the time, you know, sales, sales can't be successful with without pipeline, right? And so we need to pull in lean jet, we need to pull in marketing, and we all need to be working together to create enough pipelines so that then that can carry through to sales. And then sales needs to set up a healthy customer relationship and transition into the customer success org. So unless we're all talking to each other and we're all doing that together, you're really not going to feel a nice seamless process throughout it. Yeah. And I'd just add that um, really taking that lens of the customer's journey with exactly throughout the process end to end, whether that's the sales process, the marketing process, the customer success process, that tends to help the business look at things holistically. Because as you know, you know, signing on the customer is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk about some specific ways to get more aligned in a minute. But first, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of benefits, we talked about the silos and, and some of the challenges, you know, what kind of benefits can these teams gain when they are in alignment? In other words, you know, what, what's at stake here? Yeah. So it's interesting when you have that holistic approach and you're looking at things as they move through the process, it, it's really helpful to get that data and start to pinpoint, like, do we have a timing gap from our inbound leads to when they get delivered to lead gen? Uh, do we have an issue where maybe we're not engaging our customers as early as we should be when they're coming up for renewal? So when you're looking at all those pieces and bringing those departments together, you know, it becomes like less of a finger pointing blame game and everybody becomes more invested in the success of the customers and the customer's experience with exactly. I think too, you know, more voices in the room and these different perspectives can bring new ideas and new ways of doing things that you might not have thought of sitting in your seat and with your unique perspective. So I think the benefit of having all of these different parts of the business involved in solving problems together is that they can offer different perspectives. And with that, you can make sure that your solutions work for the business overall and not just one part of it. Yeah, yeah. So on the Exactly website, uh, you talk about intelligent revenue and how this has three components. It's predictable, it's profitable, and it's resilient. 
let's talk a little bit about each of these actually and, and starting with the predictable component uh, what does that mean and uh, you know what does it look like when it's done well sure I think predictable to me means that there's data behind it you know you can't especially I work with forecasting and you can't just come up with a number. You have to figure out what your business is telling you in order to get there. So you should be looking at trends over time. You should be looking at historic data and trying to predict where you'll end up. We always say forecasting is an art an art and a science, excuse me, because the science part is that data and the art is really your knowledge of the business, your gut feeling about what's going on with your deals. But you have to have that science piece. And then I think as well, it's important to have process behind your sales plays or your sales, your deal cycle, because if you can replicate a successful process, that will create a more predictable outcome than if you are doing it ad hoc each time. Yeah. I mean, my whole description for RevOps really falls back to people, process, and technology. You can have the sales teams, you can have a forecasting tool in place, but if you don't have a standard process behind it that's customized and fit to how your business runs their sales organization, the tool will fail every time. So that I would just double down on process and having a process in place and everyone speaking the same language when it comes to forecasting is everything. Yeah, yeah. So let's move to the the second component here of of intelligent revenue, and that's uh, being profitable. So how would you define that, and what does it look like when when this is done well? Yeah, so profitable to me means you know not just hitting your revenue targets, but really like setting up your incentives and metrics um, to have healthy revenue. You know, so we're not we're not competing on price. We sell solutions that add value to organizations and we want to make sure that in our sales cycles, we've proven that value. And with that, we include a lot of components, you know, in our own comp plans that that incentivize behavior of like positioning multi-year deals, positioning contract structures and payment structures that are more beneficial for our revenue stream and that flow. So it's kind of tying the sales process and setting the right incentives to make sure that you're having profitable, well-structured sales transactions. I think building on that too, when you speak to process, I think from a RevOps perspective and somebody that's very focused on ensuring that our processes are streamlined, you know, I want our sales team to spend fewer resources and less time on actually the deal itself and closing the deal. I want the deal value to be greater than the time spent and the resources used to close the deal. Before we continue, I wanted to share a key strategic resource that a majority of the Fortune 500 are already aware of. Finding the best technology, business, and talent solutions is not easy. With business demands and competitive pressures mounting, you need to be able to design, deploy, and optimize your technology to provide leading customer experiences while driving business growth. Those of you that have been listening to this show for a while know that this podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, a global provider of technology, business, and talent solutions for more than 80% of the Fortune 500. Tech Systems accelerates business transformation for their customers, 
Whether you're looking to maximize your technology ROI, drive business growth, or elevate customer experiences, Tech Systems enables enterprises to capitalize on change. Learn more at techsystems.com. That's T-E-K systems.com. Now let's get back to the show. And so the, the third component of, of intelligent revenue is resilience and um, certainly not uh, last but not least. And so, you know, how, how would you define that? And, you know, what is what does resilient look like when it's done well? Sure. I think there's a couple pieces to that. Um, when I think about our sales org, you know, I want them to have a healthy, diverse pipeline. I don't want any reps quarter or month to come down to one deal because that is not a resilient organization. That's not a resilient pipeline. You are banking on one thing. And if that falls through, you know, your quarter is probably not looking very great. So I think it's ensuring that you have a healthy pipeline. You've set up your sales, your sales org for success. And I think too, from a RevOps perspective, we're always thinking about scale. So we want to design processes um, and policies that work for our current organization, but we also want to think 10 steps ahead and make sure that should something happen, we can easily pivot and we can easily adjust how we're doing things to meet uh, whatever comes our way. Yeah, that resilience component to me is exactly what you know Annie was describing, where there is a process in place, but it's not so rigid that we couldn't adjust, you know, for current market conditions or, you know, putting maybe a new incentive in place that it helps address some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so next topic, I feel like in, at this point in time, uh, there's the obligatory AI question. So I'm, I'm going to ask it. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what's the, what's the role that AI currently plays in, in all of this and what type of role do you think it maybe could play or should play in the future? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it comes down to, I'm sure what you're hearing from a lot of other organizations right now around doing more with less and AI, I think can be a really helpful tool in identifying patterns in your business or even patterns within sales organizations that might've been, you know, not as easily identifiable previously. I think it's a great tool for helping to surface a lot of those things and kind of providing a second, you know, almost like a second or third opinion. We leverage it internally in for in our forecasting solution. And it's been really interesting, you know, some of the behaviors and things that that's highlighted for us. And then as a RevOps team, we've been able to address directly with sales leaders or, you know, make necessary adjustments. I think what it also does is it gives us time back. So all those things that Bailey just mentioned, it does that for us instead of us having to extract data from our CRM and then model it in something like Excel or even Power BI or something like that. You know, it's doing that work for us so that it we are looking at these metrics and we are just presented with the data and we can analyze and react to it. And we can spend all that time that we save doing different things. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. What about incentive compensation? Um, can you talk about the impact that this has on on everything we've we've kind of talked about? Sure, I think um, you know that drives competition, and 
motivation for our sales teams. We have plenty of situations where, you know, with our tool, your sales reps can see what they stand to make on a deal and how different behaviors can adjust that amount. And so it, it could drive not only that motivation for them to, you know, get the deal value up because they want to be paid more, but it also allows us as RevOps to then in the background drive the behaviors we want. Um, we can model our policies based off of that, and then we can drive the right behavior that we want to see from our sales team. Yeah, and I think that's a component that can get overlooked sometimes in incentive compensation, you know, like obviously having that transparency and making sure that your sales reps are paid accurately is a huge, huge component because, you know, that doesn't happen a lot of the time if uh, an organization is doing things manually via, via a spreadsheet. Like, you know, that just, we're humans and we make errors. Right. But the the component that I think is really valuable is all the data you get out of that. You know, you might have one idea to structure a compensation plan a certain way that has unintended impacts. You know, like uh, I think Chris's book, his first book is titled Game the Plan. And that's exactly what sales reps do. So um, it really helps make sure that you are driving the right behavior you want for your organization for those overarching go-to-market goals and strategies. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Well, Bailey and Annie, thanks so much for joining the show. I've got one last question for you each before we wrap up. Uh, you've both given a lot of great advice already for this relationship between RevOps and, and sales. But, you know, what, what's maybe one final piece of advice you'd each have for organizations that they know they have this gap, they know there's there's a challenge, you know, with their RevOps and, and sales teams, but maybe not sure where to start. What's something that they can do today to, to make a first or, or next step towards, uh, towards making this a, a stronger relationship? Yeah, you know, often that RevOps sales relationship can be a contentious one, but I think a good starting point is, you know, like Annie's role, for example, aligning with your sales leader. And if things are in a bad spot, just having that conversation of, you know, we have the same goal. <laughs> when the company succeeds, when sales succeeds, we all succeed. And kind of, you can start from that baseline and really give the why behind you know, some of the policies or things a RevOps team is trying to implement. And when you work together, you can really come up with, you know, even better solutions than a siloed RevOps team. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, for me, it's just about talking to each other and listening to each other and meeting consistently. I think a lot of times people just want to operate on their own, but it's really important to take that time to intentionally build that relationship, even if it means you just meet for a half hour with your RevOps leader and your sales leader every week. And then I think, you know, you also have to come to the table willing to listen. Sometimes RevOps thinks we know, you know, we know how everything should be done and sales thinks they know how everything should be done. And I think you have to humble yourself a little bit and realize that both perspectives are really valuable and you should be able to take what you need from each other and work, like Bailey said, as a team, because at the end of the day, our goals are the same. Yeah. 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 And I think one of my favorite things to say in regards to that, you know, like Annie and I aren't in closing roles. I'm not having to do that negotiation uh, with a customer directly. So having an appreciation for that, you know, while helping 
set some of those boundaries and incentives. Um, it's worked really well here. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great, great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank exactly as Bailey Fessler, director of RevOps and Annie Jones, RevOps business partner for joining the show. You can learn more about Bailey and Annie and exactly by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.